0: I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank & Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm your host, Patty Teal. Here, as always, with Deputy District Attorney, Vicki Johnson, and we have our favorite criminologist here with us today, and I'll let Vicki do the honors. We do indeed. So welcome back, Judy Chrisman
1: Yates. We're always happy to have you and have you share the latest information from your newsletter, which is always so timely and important. So I want to dive right in. In your recent newsletter, you referred to an article in the Washington Post, which was titled... Yes, it's a scam. Simple tips to help you spot online fraud. And that caught my eye. I thought it was so important because it contains just a bunch of different things that we need to remember and go over and talk about. So you did recommend reading this article in full. And today I'd like you to talk about some highlights from this article. The first tip that they mention in the Washington Post article is to have a talk with family members and friends. And what do you mean by that? Well, thank you for having me back
2: on Scam Squad. It's always a delight. When it comes to talking with family members and friends, a lot of people are embarrassed. They're embarrassed definitely if they get scammed. And it is recommended that you start talking before you're scammed, but certainly after you're scammed, and uh, talk to your family and friends, talk to the teenagers, talk to your children, talk to your neighbors. As a matter of fact, I find it's quite the icebreaker that if you're sitting next to someone and you are trying to get a conversation going, just ask them, have you heard about this? Or what would you do if that? And you would be surprised. That opens the door to lots of discussion without a doubt. But the scammers like it when you are too embarrassed to talk to anybody. What they want to do is they get you on the line or you know on the phone, and they don't want you to think. So in advance, and certainly after, talk to friends and family.
1: Right. And it's so important. We just seem to think that everybody knows about these scams, and they really don't. Even the teenagers who are so tech savvy. So when a new scam comes along, it's important to educate the people in our lives. All right, the next tip is to change certain settings. First of all, why do that?
2: Well, settings is a common term, and it's used on all different technology devices. And what they're doing is they're giving you choices. And what we're talking about today is privacy. Who do you want to see your information? Who do you want to share your information with? So I always recommend that you keep a small footprint. That means limit the amount of information that people Mm -hmm. see or can get to. But that's
1: a personal choice. And to do that, you go into privacy settings. And the article suggests making social media private. And it talks specifically about Facebook and phone contacts. So how would you do that with Facebook? How would you make that more private?
2: Well, if you're on Facebook, you go to settings and privacy. Next, select followers and public content. And then you select friends or only me. And it turns out that all apps like Messenger or Zelle, they all have privacy settings. So just go to that and look at similar terms. Keep your footprint small.
1: And so that would prohibit people that are not in your contact list from coming onto your Facebook account. Is that how that works? Correct. Correct. You can limit. You can limit. And what about phone contacts? What tips do you have for managing phone contacts?
2: Well, we tell everyone that they should not be answering a phone call if they don't know who the number is, if they don't know who's calling. So take your phone, whether it's an iPhone or an Android, whatever it happens to be, and you have what is called contacts or addresses. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: you go in there in advance and you type in all the names and phone numbers of all the people that you want to talk to. So when the phone rings, it shows who that person is. Now, that is not 100% because it is possible for someone to type somebody else's phone number into a computer and call looking like them. But for the most part, it just narrows down who is calling. So once you answer, then just be careful and listen to make sure that it's a voice that you know.
1: That's really important advice because we're always telling people, don't pick up the phone, have caller ID. And if you don't recognize the name or the phone number, simply don't pick up. And certainly inputting those Not names into your contact list is going to make that a lot simpler, because then people that you want to talk to, like you say, will be in your contact list and their name will appear when you get that phone call. So that's really important. Yeah, that's correct. But you also have to do one more thing. And that is you need to set up voicemail. So depending on
2: the type of phone, you can put it in your search engine and find out how to set up your voicemail so that if it rings long enough, it goes to voicemail, they can leave you a message and you can check that in your own time.
1: That sounds like a perfect idea. And the article then talks about knowing the latest scams. Now, why is that important? Why should we know what the latest scams are? The answer seems obvious, but explain it to us.
2: Okay. Well, scams are usually very simple. They're either stealing your money or your personal information. It's just that simple. But with all the national disasters, the Ukraine war, paying back or not paying back school loans, those are all emotional topics and they're all fresh and new. And so the scammers tie in those headlines with
1: trying to get you to hand out money or to take your personal information. And we know that scammers follow the headlines. So the latest headline is about forgiving student loans. And you can bet that scammers are going to try and tap into that. Correct. And somehow figure out a way to take our money. So are there sites that you can go to to find out what the latest scams might be? Well, it seems like there are endless sites. So I'm going to name
2: three today.
1: Scam Squad
2: Podcasts and YouTube Videos. That's what you're listening to today. It's a great resource. Not only does it tell you about the latest scam, it tells you what to do about it. Additionally, ftc.gov, that is Federal Trade Commission.gov from government. Their mission is to protect the public from deceptive and unfair practices. And so they have great resources on what the latest scam is. The Washington Post article also identifies AARP, which is American Association for Retired Persons, AARP.org. It is not just for retired people. They have a great organization and they talk about every age group and what to do about those scams. And if you need to call them and ask about a scam, you can actually call AARP. 1-877-908-3360 one 908 3360 And you can actually check on a scam. That number is one 908 3360
1: And I know for a fact that that is a great site because I get a lot of my information that I share on Scam Squad from the AARP site. So if you go to the AARP fraud site, you are going to be kept apprised of the latest scams that are targeting our country
0: and our communities. Yeah, I'd like to add the BBB Scam Tracker as well. That's another really good resource.
2: Yes, Better Business Bureau, Mm -hmm. BBB.org. That also has great information on the latest scams. One of my favorite for Better Business Bureau is Charity Navigator, you can go on that and you can check on any charity and it'll tell you if it's legitimate or not.
1: So, Judy, the next tip that I'm looking at in this article and that you also mentioned in your newsletter, assume that people or companies aren't who they say they are. I mean, isn't it sad that we've come to this, that that person or that company, if we don't know them, they aren't who they say they are. So, What does that mean? What do they mean by that? And and what should we do? Well, it's really sad
2: that we have to question everything, but that's just the reality. And with technology, having printers, getting websites, scammers are able to cut and paste information on a website, and it looks very similar to something legitimate but it's not. They've added an extra character or a dot or
1: whatever it happens to be. So you need to be doing your homework. And the next tip suggests that you verify everything using a different channel. Can you give an example of what that might mean? Well, actually, the term
2: channel is new to me. But what that means is a different platform or a different vehicle, a different means to get the information out to you. So it could arrive, whatever the request is, by email, phone call, text, snail mail. And the whole idea is however you get it, you need to go to some other vehicle and look and do your homework on that. So for example, if a notice comes up on your computer and says that you've been compromised and to phone this number or click on this, don't do that. In that case, turn off your computer and take it to a computer tech. Actually, if you just turn it off and open it up again, it probably went away. But do not click. Do not click and just unplug your computer. Or if it's a text, don't do anything it says. Go to some other vehicle or channel
1: or platform and do your homework on that and see what it's all about. So, for example, if you get a Facebook message from somebody claiming to be a friend, text that person or call that person to make sure it really is, especially if they're asking you to do something. If you get a phone call from somebody claiming to be from the bank, telling you that there's a problem with your account, you need to actually hang up and call the bank yourself to, again, use, use a different channel, make sure that that message is really from the bank or from the person who they're claiming to be. So another tip, which we have talked about many times, and you just mentioned this: don't reply, don't click on links, don't answer the call. Can you give an example of that? What we're talking about?
2: Well, the only thing that we should be regularly clicking without thinking is our seatbelt. Absolutely. <laughs> on uh, anything else, do not click. The scammers want you to not think and just react. So, you need to do, one more time, homework. I hate to keep saying that, but that's,
1: you know, I thought when I got out of school, I didn't have homework. But with technology, we have homework all the time. So, in the article, it gives this example. If you get a text claiming to be from UPS about a package, go to the official UPS site instead. Don't just automatically reply to that particular message or that particular text. That's
2: it. Close that message. And if you are a customer of
1: UPS,
2: then you can go to their website and you can sign into your own account and see if
1: you have any messages. So, Judy, how can you tell that a text message might be fake by looking at the email address itself? Well, it usually
2: is most important to go to the originator or the sent address. You can write it down or you can take a screenshot of it so that you can go to some other platform and or channel and check that out. I have done this so often because I too get all of those. They're called phishing or whatever you want to call them, text scamming. And I've looked up so many. I just can tell by looking that address. When there is this long list of uh, characters and numbers, it is a scam. Just delete it. Do not open it. Don't do anything on there. Go to a different vehicle and check it out. But it's, it's really all about the address.
1: Okay. Are there any clues in the address other than lots of numbers and lots of letters? Sure. You can look at the the language
2: that they are using. Some scammers have very unique styles when they write. So look at that. Also look to see where they want you to go or click on the email address and go to a different channel and or a search engine and type that in and then put scam or complaint after it, and you'll see what it really
1: is. Okay. And also, it, it looks like, for example, if you get a message claiming to be from Apple, but it doesn't say apple.com, then you need to be suspicious. Is that, would that be an you example? Sure do. But one of the things that I noticed,
2: um, just in preparing for today, I gave you the example of Federal Trade Commission.gov. Well, I happened to put ftc.org. And you know what came up? It said that it was FTC is a communication company trying to sell me stuff that happens to be in South Carolina. Now that is a legitimate website, but I was on the wrong website. It even talked about do not call list. It's really scary. So you have to use the right. gov or you know, the exact address. So typing in whatever they gave you and asking if it's a scam, It'll come up and tell you, or it'll send you to that correct address.
1: Good to know. And we're always telling people to just hang up on a stranger who calls you. But a lot of seniors, a lot of people really don't want to be rude. They don't want to, they were trained to just be polite and listen to whoever it is that is calling you and not hang up. What do you do about that, not wanting to seem rude? Well, when people tell me that, I do have
2: to smile because scammers are after your money or your personal information. But if you feel that way, if you feel like you can't hang up on them, it's recommended that you write a script. So for example, if you just insist on answering phone calls that you don't know who they are, and the next thing you know, they're asking you for money or personal information, you just say, I'm sorry, I don't do personal business on the phone. Click, you know, or sorry, I'm busy and just hang up. Believe me, if it's something legitimate, they're going to find another way to get a hold of you.
0: That's really great advice because so many older people, they don't want to be rude and you can't really blame them. The thing that I noticed too, and and most likely a lot of them are sales calls, but you'll get a call and you pick it up and then there's a pause. There's nobody there for a minute. And then I usually hang up before the person comes on. Because you know, it's a robot calling out all these numbers. Yeah, absolutely. I
1: used to tell people, um, if, if you get a call, and let's say it's somebody soliciting money for a charity, you can just simply say, I'm sorry, I don't give to charities over the phone. Thank you. And hang up. And the hardest part for seniors to do is that last part, which is hang up. They don't want to put down the phone and a good scammer is going to immediately start talking to them after they hear that line. So don't forget the last part, which is to hang up the phone. Okay, and finally, the last tip in this article uh, tells us to memorize signs that something is a scam. And again, we've talked about this a lot, but this is just such a nice summary. So Judy, would you go over some of these tips for us, please? Sure. Requests
2: or demands
1: for personal information or money,
2: red flag. Any payment that is requiring gift card, cryptocurrency, Zelle, or any peer-to-peer apps, that is always, 100% always a scam. There is no legitimate business or agency that's going to ask you for gift cards or cryptocurrency. It just doesn't happen. You won a prize. Well, did you enter? that's the first thing to ask. And by the way, in the United States, it is illegal to require someone to give money before they get a prize. And believe me, the scammers make up all these sounding legitimate things like the Patriot tax. (laughs) Patriot tax. So it is illegal to pay in advance. And people say, oh, well, if you win lottery, they take it out before they give you that money they don't ask you in advance for that other than when you buy the ticket. Any unsolicited requests, another red flag. If they say something that makes you feel panicked or cause anxiety, well, they do that on purpose because they don't want you to think. They want to tell you what to do. They want you to react. And whenever they say, don't tell anyone, another red flag. What do you mean, don't tell anyone? If you want a prize, you should be telling the world. So once again, don't tell anyone they don't want you to think that's a red flag. If you owe money or are owed money, it's a scam. I'm telling you, all these people, they just want our money. If it doesn't feel right,
1: just stop and talk to somebody that you trust. Do your homework. And I think that's the best tip. If something doesn't feel right, it probably is not. So your gut is your best tool for avoiding scams. If something feels off, ask a family member, call the AARP hotline, find another form of contact on your own and reach out to confirm whether this person is a scammer or whether they are legitimate. I think that's a a great piece of advice to just keep in mind. Trust your gut. So once again, Judy, thank you so much for coming on the show and giving us this really important advice. Some of this we have talked about before, but it is never a bad idea to repeat it so that we really understand it and we remember it the next time we get one of these scam phone calls. I recently got a text from Amazon telling me that they were gonna shut down my account if I didn't do something, click on a link. And for a split second, I thought to myself, wait a minute, is this real? And then I thought, okay, wait a minute. First of all, I don't have an Amazon account. Oh, that's a good sign. (laughs) (laughs) But the point was, even with all of the information that I've gathered over the years about scams, they caught me kind of a desperate moment. And so that's why it's so important for us to constantly go over this information. And for me, the key was I was having a panicky feeling. And then I thought to myself, okay, no
0: that's a scam. So anyway, thank you so much, Judy. Yes, thank you, Judy. We both appreciate it. So Vicki, any good news today?
1: I actually do have some good news today. And I am going to talk about it very quickly. We had a case here in Santa Barbara. It was a Ponzi scheme case. And it was a case for over 14 million dollars. So we just got this bulletin from the Department of Justice. They were the ones that ended up handling this case because it involved currency that was supposedly housed in Switzerland. This man was just running your typical Ponzi scheme, but he defrauded people of over $14 million. They finally investigated the case. The initial report was over six years ago. So the message here is never give up. They investigated the case. The IRS investigated the case. They filed charges against him. They prosecuted him. He was just sentenced to over 11 years in federal prison. So, in this instance, justice
0: was slow, but it was sure. Good news! Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And Vicki, I know that you always welcome people to call whether they want to report a scam or possibly even tell their story on Scam Squad to warn others or whether they actually got sucked in. We like to hear their stories. How would they get a hold of you? Area code 805-568-2442. And again, 805
1: 568 2442. And Judy, I want to thank you for giving us the AARP helpline. That's thank a, you. that's a good thing to have. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, until next week, I think there'll be more scams to report about, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yes. Okay, bye, everybody. Bye.